Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. So happy to be here. I can't believe it's the 16th of May already. Where is the year going? We prayed and dreamed we would have a good 2022, and it's a heck of a lot better than the last two and a half years. I want all my guests to smile because you're all on Facebook Live. That's it, Mahesha. Lacey, Ethan, yes, we haven't introduced you yet, but your smiles are telling your story. There we go. Two of my guests are on phones. This is interesting. And I want to do a shout out to my wonderful engineer, Josh. Everybody say quickly, hello, Josh. One, two, three. Hello. He's a one name wonder. That's all he goes by is just the one name because he's that special and that important. And we have to be really nice to him. And I got a smiley from him. So this is Read My Lips. It's May 16th. As I said, we talked, I talked to interesting people. No, they're not all singers and dancers and artists and poets. They have interesting lifestyles. They have interesting careers. They have interesting work that they do, interesting play that they do, but they're all creative in some way. Everybody, each one of us, we make it up as we go along. There is no script in life. I don't want to break it to you, but that's the way it is. Before we get started in earnest, I'd like you all to join me, my three guests. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying, hello, L, L, L. Let's see if we can do it with a lot of gusto. One, two, three. Hello, I, Josh, I think we got five L's in there. She's now L-L-L-L-L. I think we got a bunch of L's. L-L-L is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She is in Whitestone, New York. She's not in London yet. But when everything blows over, we're going to continue with the fake GoFundMe, and we're going to try and get her to move to London. So it's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. Right, Lacey? Oh, Lacey! Lacey, could we could get a fund for Lacey to go to London because you, Lacey, could be one of our L's as well. Isn't that That's wonderful? That's right. There, I received that. There, thank you very much. With respect, right? So it is May 16th. This is the 126th day of the year, Gregorian calendar. Thank you to Greg, Greggy, Grego, whatever your mommy called you. We still use your calendar. Thank you. 229 days left in the year. This is the 20th Monday of the year. Nobody cares about that except me. But if you're planning something special for New Year's Eve on the verge of 2023, it's not too early to buy something or to brew something so you have a special beverage. That could mean Kahlua in the sink in the garage. That could mean the still out back, right? That could mean going to an online liquor store and reserving a special bottle of wine or champagne if you really want to go big. So it's not too early to think about that because we're all going to be celebrating. We are in the zodiac of Taurus. Is anybody a Taurus here on my show today? Mahesh, Lacey, Ethan, nobody's a Taurus. Well, Taurus, I think you might all want to change your sign to Taurus. I know you can't. Tauruses thrive for loyalty, stability, commitment, and intimacy in a relationship. Who doesn't? They are most compatible with Pisces, Cancer, Virgo, and Capricorn. There you go. So let's go around the table when I say your name. This is just a brief one-line intro, and then we're going to hear from each of you. Lacey, she is also a one-name wonder. There's beautiful Lacey. She is the storyteller at A dot, is it L or I? L? L. I? L. A dot L dot, because it's lowercase interpretations. She is a prolific ghost writer. We're going to find out about all the creativity in her life. And she's the creator of custom business mastermind programs. Lacey, welcome to Read My Lips. 
Thank you so much for joining me. Then we have Ethan Starr. Ethan, say hello. He has two names. Hello. He's such a star. He uses star as his last name. There we go. Ethan is the author of the forthcoming book he's been working on for a while. It's not out yet, but he sent me a couple of preview chapters. And I'll mention a little tiny bit, Ethan, not too much. It's called Billionaire Trivia. That's billionaire with a B, everyone. Fascinating facts about America's wealthiest people. And you all may be very surprised and inspired about what these people do, who they are, their family backgrounds, what they did as kids, what they collect, where they like to go, what they like to do. Ethan, very well done. What I've read, I admire your writing. Very, very nice. And then let's go to Mahesh Grossman. Hello, Mahesh. His letters after his name were CCHT. What does CCHT stand for, Mahesh? Certified Clinical Hypnotherapist. Thank you very much. You promise not to hypnotize me on the show? You promise? No, no promises. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I've got my other therapist on tap, so he'll he'll undo the damage if anything happens to me. Mahesh is a somatic hypnotherapist. He'll tell us about that. He's the author of, listen up, everybody, The One-Minute Anxiety Solution. Oh, if only. I can't wait. I read a little bit, by the way. 57 ways, that's a lot to squeeze into one minute, Mahesh, 57 ways to lower your anxiety, take back your life, and get back to how you used to be, your pre-anxiety self. He's also the creator of the Defy Trauma course. Mahesh, welcome. And I'm calling this show, Read My Lips, From Whence Creativity Springs. And this is a little bit in honor of you, Lacey. It's a little bit in honor of you, Mahesh, but it's a lot in honor of Ethan, about the creativity of the people who became the current list of American billionaires because they were creative about how they lead and have led their lives and what they do. So, Ethan, your book inspired the title of the show. So let's go around the table. Remember, everybody, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view when you speak. And let's say you say something funny or charming. I'm going to go to a full screen of everybody. So make sure you're not doing anything you don't want anybody to see. That's my last warning on that one. Ah, Lacey got it. Lacey, my dear, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Talk to our audience. We're live on the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, and we're live on my Facebook page. So Lacey, who are you? Tell me all about what you do and what makes you a prolific ghostwriter. Lacey, welcome. Thank you, Radio Red, for this opportunity, for your awesome platform. Um, Hi, everyone. I am Lacey of AL Interpretations. I'm an independent ghostwriter. I ghostwrite business books. I customize business mastermind programs. And I write for the web for distinct subject matter experts, because we're all experts, right? (laughs) Tell me more. How do you find your clients? How do you pick your books? How do you know for whom you want to ghostwrite, Lacey? We want more. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, way back in 20, way pre-pandemic, uh, 2013, mid-2013, um, I self-emancipated from corporate America. And I networked what seemed like six to seven days a week. And I kept meeting all these experts. I'm an expert in this. I'm an expert in that. And I just really started proactively listening. And I'm like, okay, I just started looking for commonalities. Okay, well, great. Where can I find your book? Well, I'm not published. Okay, well, where can I sit in on your mastermind? I don't run any masterminds, but you said you're an expert. So I just pared it down and I found my lane and it was awesome. It worked beautifully. Um, my very first client was the world-renowned uh, criminal defense defer- uh, attorney, 
attorney George C. Howard Jr., who defended our nation's first black secret serviceman, handpicked by JFK. So I just knew, I mean, I mean, who who gets a renowned client, you know, first time at that? So it was fabulous. And when it was sweet, it was very sweet. Lacey, I love the way you describe what you do. And you said, I believe you said you were self-emancipated from the corporate mm-hmm. world. That's yeah. interesting. That's I've never heard anybody quite say that. And you know now we're going through what we call the great resignation. Great resignation. Well, I'm reading that a lot of people may have resigned, but all they were doing was biding their time and looking for a better paying position, and they're coming back into the workforce. So it probably was very pandemic-related or pandemic-propelled because of the switch to hybrid work, the switch to, I'm not in the office, am I at home, who's behind me, the goldfish, the cat, the dog, the kids, the husband, the wife, oh my goodness, and the guy cutting down the tree in the backyards and the window, and how am I going to work, what am I going to do, well, I don't like my job, well, maybe I'll take some time off, and a lot of them are coming back of all age group demographic cohorts. So there. So Lacey, thank you very much. And you, I'm not going to say, a lot of people say, oh, I was lucky. My first client was, you weren't lucky. You were smart. Uh, I don't think, luck, I don't think luck plays a role. And what do you think, Lacey? You were smart about this, right? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of serendipity for sure. For sure. Well, some of us call that kismet. Some of us call it fate. Some of yeah. us call it, uh, Mahesh, you may know this, and Ethan Bashert, right? Bashert <laughs> is, right? It means it was meant to be. But I think there's an element of savvy and smart and heart and passion that leads us to the people we need. And I think you did that, Lacey, whether you admit it or not. So I'm putting that on you, lady. There you go. <laughs> you can take that with respect. So thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Let's go to Ethan Starr, our billionaire biographer. Ethan, can't wait for the book to come out. I love what you sent me. Ethan, introduce yourself, please. Sure. Thank you, Red. Well, I'm Ethan Starr, and I'm a researcher. Uh, I always enjoyed looking up information and finding obscure facts. And in uh, many years ago, I got a master's degree in library science, and I really enjoyed that. But I realized I didn't necessarily want to work in a library once I got the degree. And so I ended up getting a job at a nonprofit, and I did fundraising research for them. Basically, it's like, it's like sales work. You know, in sales, you always want to know your customer in advance, you know, who, who's your customer? What's their budget? That kind of thing. And the same thing with donors. And I researched donors and wrote profiles of them for our fundraisers at this nonprofit. And, you know, it's like, gee, who are they? What do they do? What are their interests? How much money might they have to, to give? And, you know, if, and the thing is, it doesn't matter how much money they have. If, they don't, if they're not interested in what you're doing, you weren't going to get a donation. That's the reality. But I said, this is really interesting. And I, it finally dawned on me, said, you know, instead of writing these profiles for a small audience, at a, at a, on a nonprofit salary, I should find this information and put it together, you know, for a bigger audience. And that's that's the idea for this trivia book on billionaires. And so it's I've been researching this for quite a while, and you know, finding interesting facts, reading all kinds of things, and that's where it came from. Very, very interesting. I love the idea, as you said, Ethan, that you were doing it for a a small audience, if you will, and you looked at the bigger picture. Reminds me of what Lacey said about finding big stories that people, I'm an expert, but they hadn't told them. And how can she help them tell them to a bigger audience? Well, Ethan, I'm privileged to have received several chapters of your book preview, and I'm not sharing them, I promised. It's fine. But the, the little trivia, as you say, is, is are big insights into who these people are. 
where they grew up, what their families were like, what they did as children and teens, as I said before, what they love to collect, how they use their money. I just read the other day, tell me if I'm correct, Ethan, I don't want to get too much into this, but that there are 140,000 billionaires in the U.S. right now. Is that correct? No, maybe, maybe, well, is that millionaires or millionaires? There's more than that. Millionaires, there's more than a million millionaires in this country. Uh, Billionaires are only maybe six or 700 tops. Okay, then I must have confused the M and the B with some other number that I was I was reading. Uh, but it was a it was an article about who they were and what they were doing. And of course, we're all now looking at comments on the billionaires who were going into space. The people have got their own who who what I what I wonder about Ethan and everybody is. When I go to bed at night, I'm playing between 25 and 50 games of words with friends with about 10 people from around the world. And I'm thinking, can I relax? Am I going to go to sleep? And what's my first radio show tomorrow morning? I'm not thinking about building a spaceship that's going to sure. take me somewhere next week. I I think they think differently. I think their brain cells, there's an energy level that takes them them, billionaires, multimillionaires, inventors, people who are the top level of creators who are changing the world. I think they either have something very different for breakfast. I don't know what you all have for breakfast. I don't know what I have, <laughs> but it hasn't, it hasn't made me a billionaire yet. So we'll talk about breakfast. Ethan, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. When is the book coming out, by the way? Probably early September. Okay. We're going to hold you to that because I want a copy of the full thing. There you go. With that cover well, and everything. It's also going to be an ebook only. Oh, I like it. My, I'm working on my novel for around six months, my novella, and it's going to be an ebook only. Very interesting. Mahesh Grossman, so happy to have you here. You've been patiently waiting there. Mahesh, putting you on full screen. Please introduce yourself and welcome. Thanks, Red. I am a somatic hypnotherapist, and I'll explain what that is in just a minute. But first, uh, there's this great thing about creativity that I read uh, in this book, Synaptics, which is you either need to make the familiar strange or make the strange familiar. So uh, the entire book is really those two sentences, but I read it in the 70s and it still stuck with me. So I wanna make hypnosis familiar to everybody because a lot of people think, oh my God, you're gonna make me quack like a duck or you're gonna put me into this deep trance state where I'm not gonna remember what I did. But the truth is you get hypnotized all the time in regular life. So if you're one of these people who read novels and the novel says she saw a gray rock castle with a cherry red door and you see a gray rock castle with a cherry red door, you have been hypnotized. You are looking at little black splotches of of ink on a piece of paper. There is no gray rock castle. There is no cherry red door. And if you were in my office, I would say, picture a gray rock castle with a cherry red door. Now, if you're not a novel reader, but you go to the movies and you start crying when bad things happen to the heroine or good thing and happy when good things happen, guess what? This is pretend also. You have been hypnotized. Or if somebody's trying to call your name and you're busy playing a video game and you don't hear them, that's concentration version of hypnotizing. So you've also been hypnotized by that. So everybody, almost everybody has been hypnotized at some time in their life, usually hundreds of times in their lives. So it's very normal. So that's how I made the familiar strange. I mean, strange familiar. Now, what a somatic hypnotherapist is, and I only saw two other people online who even use this phrase, but I was trained in connecting to the body 
to connect to your emotions and your subconscious. And my all my trauma work that I do for myself works that way. And I'm also an empath, which means I feel what's going on in other people's bodies. So when I work with people over Zoom, I will feel what's going on in their bodies. But when I get someone to notice the tension that they're carrying in their body, I can take them to another place, a deep connection to their subconscious mind by simply asking, notice how old you were the first time you had that sensation in your body. Where were you? Who were you with? And what was happening? And that's what somatic hypnotherapy is. And then we release the feelings with lots of creative things like uh, the handkerchiefs from a magician's hat. You pull that tension out of your body with that or a fire hose. Or you imagine unzipping your belly and seeing what's inside. And your subconscious gives you an answer. A lot of times it's sludge or snakes or rocks. But you take that out and you feel much better. Very interesting. Quick question, Mahesh. How did you get started in this? When, when did you decide this was going to be your professional, your path? Well, I had taken a course on being uh, on psychodrama from my own therapist. And I started doing more stuff with this. And the therapist in California said, you know, the psychology board is going to come after you. So what happened was I looked at the law and the law said that hypnotists are allowed to work with the subconscious. So I went to hypnosis school, found out that everything that I already could do, I could do better when people were relaxed. And I learned a whole bunch of other things. And then I applied my own inner work, really deep, profound inner work from 37 years of working on myself to my clients. Thank you. Very, very interesting. I had somebody, a therapist recently explained to me, Mahesh, that self-hypnosis is very easy and he calls it just putting yourself into a trance. And it doesn't require the nightclub clock, the, the, the pendulum going back and forth. You will be a fish when you wake up and you will swim across the stage. It doesn't require any. He said, just count backwards from 10 and just think about a place you'd rather be where you're happy or you're relaxed or you're peaceful and put yourself in that place. And I've been able to do that very easily. I did a guided meditation with somebody online many years ago, and I went into a garden and Lacey, guess what? I was a 10-year-old girl, and I had blonde, curly hair, and my favorite blue dress, and I was sitting on a bench in this beautiful garden, and I started to cry because I was really happy there. Mahesh, was that self-hypnosis? Oh, for sure. As I said, hypnosis, we we make it this really fancy thing, but it's a really enormous, any daydream is a form of hypnosis. Yes. So what you're doing is you're basically democratizing the concept and de-traumatizing the concept, if you will. Ethan, do you have any experience with thinking or putting yourself in a place someplace else? Oh, you're, you're muted, dear. Unmute. Yep. There Thank you go. You. You're welcome. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there, I often can certainly daydream about being other places, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, most of the time I'm pretty grounded. Okay, well, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to ask Mahesh one more question, then we're going to go to the opening quotes you all sent me, which were great. Mahesh, I recently bought a VR headset, an Oculus Quest 2. I'm not advertising anything, and I'm an artist, (laughs) and I'm working with a musician, and I'm creating art music videos that we are turning into NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and putting into a room on Spatial.io for people to see 
in a in a virtual reality room, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. So I bought the Oculus, which is one of the more popular ones. I say, I'm not advertising or selling anything, no affiliation here. And I realized that when you do the the quest, uh, and uh, Lacey, do you use VR at all? Are you into VR? Nope. Okay, you're muted, by the way. Ethan, are you a VR fan yet? You you probably will be. Mahesh, so I realize that when I go into these places in virtual reality, I can be in a, a virtual uh, climbing Mount Everest and seeing an avalanche in front of me. And I can be in a room where there's a waterfall tomorrow and I can be standing in a stream. Isn't that a way, Mahesh, of, of imagining and creating another environment? It's not oh, real. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and you, you don't you need the visuals because if I told you right now to picture yourself at the top of a roller coaster about to go down, your body will tense up, except for the one guy I had who got excited by that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a dare, daredevil. <laughs> he said, "You're right." I said, "No, I'm not." You got all excited. <laughs> There's no roller coaster. <laughs> in, in, interesting. Yes, we we so we picture ourselves in other places. I think we do it a lot without without even realizing it. Tell you what, I'm going to go into the part of the show now where I've asked my guest to send me an interesting quote from a fictional character. Lacey, you're first. I keep wanting to call you by your first name, but I promise I'd only call you Lacey. So I'm looking at the numbers. Lacey, skip the first two parts. Lacey sent us a quote from Moreno, played by an actor named Lloyd Goh, G-O-U-G-H or Gow. I'm not sure how he pronounced it. Goff, I think, maybe. And the movie is Sunset Boulevard, 1950. It was a comedy film noir. It used to be printed in all capital letters, Sunset Boulevard, 1950, directed by Billy Wilder, co-directed and written, named after a street that runs through Hollywood. This would be interesting to you, uh, Ethan, the center of the American movie industry. And I won't go through the whole story, but it, it was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and it won three. It's ranked among the greatest movies ever made. And here is the quote Lacey has selected. And Lacey, I'm going to ask you to tell us what this has to do with creativity in a second. Don't you know the finest things in the world have been written on an empty stomach what a cool quote, Lacey. How in the world did you find that among probably 20,000 quotable lines in that movie? Talk to us. Sunset Boulevard is one of my all-time favorite films. Even though it's an ode, to, technically it's an ode to screenwriters. Um, I just I just totally grifted that film for myself because it's so true because the Best things in the world. Yeah, I mean, what do you think terms like, you know, starving artists and stuff like that comes from? And people are truly aren't, you know, how their works aren't truly appreciated until they're dead. Stuff like that. It's like everyone has this aha moment like, oh, my God, this person should have meant more to me when they were here. Then all of a sudden, you know, it's like uh, this group think. Which was really on display when someone like David Bowie left us. You know, so just stuff like that. It's the person behind the scenes who's the brain, not even the brain, but the heart and the passion of the project who doesn't get the kudos because we're too busy celebrating those people, you know, up on stage with the Oscars and stuff like that. And the people who really were the heart and soul and went through stuff because stories come from experiences. The stories that make us cry, that make us laugh, they're more so on the background. So that's why Sunset Boulevard means so much to me. It really does. Very interesting. Thank you. And 
Lacey, oh, Ethan's up. There you go. Your video just popped off for a second. Lacey, as a ghostwriter, you're in the background. Your chosen work, your métier, if you allow me the French word, your career, your craft right now, is to be in the background. Ghost meaning not visible, not front and center. How do you feel about being the writer of these experts whom you meet who say, I don't have a book, I don't have a mastermind. You're doing it behind the scenes. How does that work with your feeling of getting credit? Can I ask? Um, it could be just a monetary credit. Or, how does that work for you? Absolutely. Well, you know, just being bound by non-disclosure agreements. Okay. But I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I get paid for it and, and it, it's sweet. But I had a running joke that sealed, that would always be my closer when people would be hesitant and I had to close that deal. And my thing was, the best part, I don't exist. And they were like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, because I gave them that added layer of protection that once I, once we sign this off, once we slap your name on this baby, it's yours to enjoy. Wow. So ego, not just backseat, out the door, down the block, never to be seen Interesting, interesting. And how many ghost books have you written? Over 20. And what's the average time it takes, if I may ask, to write a book? Um, different, different service tiers. If you want the quick and dirty, here's my five golden nuggets on this issue, that can take 67 days. And that's like an 85 pager. Six to seven days or 67 days? Six, seven, 67 days. Wow. And what would be a full, like a 300 page by autobiography be? All the way up to a memoir, like I did for attorney Howard. Um, his, his memoir, 50 years at the bar and still sober. Uh, that was going on a year. Interesting. Interesting. I bet you love what you do. Ethan, I need you to come back in the frame because we're going to call on you next. Ethan was doing so. There we go. There you are. Lacey, thank you for that. Very interesting. That was an interesting reality check. I appreciate that. Ethan has sent us a quote from a wonderful song, March 1964. Does anybody know that? It's Can't Buy Me Love by the Beatles, song by the English rock band. It was the A-side of their sixth single written by Paul McCartney credited to the Lennon-McCartney partnership. It's on the album A Hard Day's Night featured in Richard Letzter's movie of the same name. It was the UK's fourth highest selling singles of the 1960s. Very, very interesting. Uh, Everybody thought in America, Ethan, that it was about a, a hooker. And when pressed, Paul McCartney said, no, I draw the line. It was because all these material possessions are well and good, but they won't buy me what I really want, love. It should have been, he said, the title should have been, can buy me love, reflecting on the perks money and fame have brought to him. So here's the line from the lyrics Ethan has selected. Tell me that you want the kind of things that money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. I butchered that. I'm sorry. Ethan, how did you pick this for your creativity statement? Go ahead. Well, in in researching my trivia book that I'm working been working on for a while now, you know, there are, you know, these people have an enormous amount of money. I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money. A billion is just it's so much money. I don't know what I'd do with it other than give most of it away to charity. And these people have a huge amount of money. They often attract people, you know, fans or followers or other people. And yet, you know, if you're doing it right, I mean, you don't want people to love you for your money. You know, I'm sure there are people who are attracted to people because they have money, 
but you don't want them to love you for your money. And at the same time, money really can't buy the things that are most important in life. You know, it's just they, they, they shouldn't it shouldn't buy you love and uh, it doesn't guarantee you great health. I mean, look at, you know, Steve Jobs and Paul Allen, both of whom unfortunately left us far too soon. And it doesn't guarantee that you won't have a tragedy in your life. So it's just, you know, it it's just a gee, it really, you know, most people would dream of having a small fraction of a billion dollars, you know, and yet all this money, you know, it doesn't necessarily make you any happier. You know, maybe it make you a little happier, but it's not going to really fulfill you in life if, if you aren't fulfilled to begin with. But it might, make sense? Buy, might buy you the means to be more creative and build spaceships and all kinds of things that you, you wouldn't have, sure. the, have the means yes. to. So the, the question is, I'm sorry to do this. What what is the love that it can buy you? If it can buy you a mark in history of changing the path of human nature or human civilization, then maybe in fact it did buy you. I'm 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 being a little contrary here, Ethan. Don't be mad at me. But I'm thinking that what's the definition? There was an article recently in either the Washington Post or the Times about how many friends do people really need? How many friends do we have? And it turned out that the social definition of friends on Facebook, do you have 500? You got 5,000? Do you even know who these people are? Have you ever met them? you ever broken bread with them? you ever ever kissed them? you ever held them? you ever had a sh- glass of champagne? you ever gone to a trance with them, Mahesh? Have you ever talked about billionaires <laughs> with them? And the question was, we only really need about three or four people we really trust as friends. And they said that one of the litmus tests is if you were sent to prison, would they visit you there? Would they still talk to you if you went up the hill or whatever they call it. So an interesting concept of, of what love is, but I understand Paul and Paul by saying I could change the title of a song to can buy me love is whatever it has done for him. So there, I think we're having a little bit of a bandwidth issue here. Ethan, you disappeared for a while, but you're back now and I'm glad. So let me go on to the quote that Mahesh has sent. And Mahesh, this is interesting. The song is finishing the hat by the one and only wonderful Stephen Sondheim. The recording is from Sunday in the Park with George, a 1984 musical play, and it's sung by one of my favorite actors, singers, everything, Mandy Patinkin. What a clever and creative guy he is. And here is the line. I'm going to let you explain it, Mahesh. It's, look, I made a hat where there never was a hat. Mahesh, talk to us. I've never heard this one before. Oh, this is such, it's a beautiful song where he sits there and he's, he's painting and he, he talks about how you have to give up everything for your art. So he's, you know, he, he looks at the world of the hat like a window. And I write musical theater myself. Or I, I haven't done much with it lately, but uh, I was in rooms with like Stephen Sondheim and, and spent a year with Maury Estin who wrote Nine. And I have friends who won Tony Awards. And I was writing a one-man musical uh, called Waltzing on Marshmallows. And it was about a quest for a mystical experience during the harmonic convergence back in the 80s, where, uh, where I was seeking a vision. The character was based on me, but he was a psychic virgin looking to lose his, <laughs> have his first time <laughs> vision. And, um, and the, the beautiful thing about this stuff is that Every time I would write a song, it was like, here's this song that never existed before. That, that couldn't come. I mean, I'm, I, I write very uniquely, and what I was writing about was very unique. And it couldn't come from anybody's other mind, anybody else's mind. It was just, I made a hat where there never was. That. When I heard that line in the theater in 1984, uh, watching that musical, 
I was like, oh my God, that's me. And of course, everybody else who does creativity felt that way too. So, very, very um, interesting. Thank you. That that goes way back, and I appreciate that. I love the vintage quotes. Ethan, would you say that the billionaires you're studying in your book, would you say that they would be, uh, they could say the same thing? Look, I just made a hat where there never was a hat, you think? Uh, possibly. It depends on the person, but uh, it's certainly more true of the self-made billionaires. So, you know, most of the billionaires in America today are self-made. Yes. There are some who inherited their money, but uh, the, bulk are, the bulk are self-made and certainly they're more, you know, creative and original. There you go. Thank you. Thank you all for doing the work. I hope it was more fun than work and picking the quotes. I can tell you're all very passionate about what you picked, and I appreciate that. Rather than, oh, I'll give her a quote. Who cares? No, I can tell you're all invested in your lazy is saying, I, I really love that. Yes, I know you do. I can see it with your spell. My saying, I really mean that. Yes. And Ethan, I know you love yours. Who doesn't love the Beatles? Now, let's do some famous people birthday shout outs. If you know who this person is, that's almost a joke because I'm going to name some people. Some people you've heard of and some you may not have heard of. They're all having birthdays today, wherever they are. Pierce Brosnan, can anybody tell me how old he is today? Anybody have an idea? He's been around for a while. Anybody, Ethan? Lacey? 72? Not quite. Not quite. He hasn't tipped over into that decade yet. He's on 64. the 69. You were really, really close the first time. I was about to say 68. I'll, I'll give you all that. <laughs> give you all that. And how and in the James Bond 007 movie lore or the sequences, the franchises. Anybody remember what number actor he was in terms of, you know, Sean Connery started it, who, or maybe it was Roger, Roger Moore, who started, uh, what number was Pierce Brosnan playing 007? Anybody remember? I would agree with that. Whoa, whoa. How did you, Lacey, how did you know that? Did you look at James Bond, James Bond buff. Wow. Okay. Well, he started starring in films from 1995 to 2002, and he played Bond in multiple video games. Okay. I have, I'm going down in age here. Janet Jackson. How old? Anybody know how old she is today? 61. Nope. You're, you got one of the numbers right, but it's in the wrong place. This sounds like Wordle. <laughs> She's 56. <laughs> She's 56. 56. I can't can't believe she she got there. Really? Okay. Next actor is 53. His name is David Boreanaz. He is in SEAL Team and he was in Bones on TV. And what's interesting about him was that he decided to become an actor. Ethan, this is interesting factoid for you, even though you're not researching him. At age seven, he decided he was going to be an actor. Now, how many kids hmm. decide at age seven they want to be an actor? And he was discovered by a neighbor. I don't know what the neighbor did while he was walking his dog. I don't know when he actually started, <laughs> but that goes in his bio. I was seven. I wanted to be an actor. My neighbor said, hey, you should be an actor. We'll put you in SEAL team when you're 53 years old. He's 53 years old. Tori Spelling. Does anybody remember Tori Spelling? The notorious Tori, Aaron Spelling's daughter. What a background she had. She played Donna on the TV series Beverly Hills 90210 and a lot of other things. She is all of 49 today. Okay. And then we have the beautiful Megan Fox, who is a little, little young one at 36. Now, I have an actor I found. I recognized his name and I had to go look it up and make, make sure I knew. Did anybody see The Queen's Gambit? That limited series about the chess prodigy on TV about a year ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was so awesome. Gosh, it was it was awesome. If you haven't seen it, Ethan and Lacey find it. The Queen's Gambit. It's a chess move. It's a 
fascinating biopic and uh, the young lady who plays the actress is you won't be able to take your eyes off her, even though she's on the screen 99% of the time. But there was a character who played the character uh, Mahesh was Benny Watts. And Benny Watts was this kind of weird chess champion. He was blonde. He wore a cowboy hat and a big belt. His at real actor, real name is Thomas Brody Sangster, Brody Dash Sangster. He's 32 today, so I had to get that in there. Um, we have a member of the acapella group, the Pentatonics, is 30 today. She's the only female in the group, the Pentatonics. I'm sure you've all enjoyed their music. Kristen Taylor Maldonado, 30. And I have an in memoriam birthday, which I do very seldom. Liberace. Remember Liberace, the guy with the, yes, who doesn't with the, I, he predated yeah. Elvis with the sparkle and the, the, the fancy piano and the, the jackets with the sequins and probably diamonds. Pianist, singer, and actor, his real name was Vladizu Valentino Liberace, 1919 to 1987, in memoriam. Now, I have a couple of birthdays of YouTube stars. I couldn't find anybody interesting from TikTok and rappers today, but I have five people who are having birthdays. They're YouTube stars. I guarantee you probably have never, that's guarantee probably, I'm, I'm contradicting myself here. I guarantee you haven't heard of them. And if you have, let me know. So they have unusual names. Now, I'm not being disrespectful, but I like to pick names that we don't usually call ourselves. So there is a YouTube star named I Am Santa, I-A-M-S-A-N-N-A with a capital S and a capital I. I Am Santa, one word. That's what's unusual. I Am Santa, not Santa, Santa, 23, happy birthday. Then we have somebody named Slogo. Like it's my hmm. logo, slogan. Yeah, slogan. One word, 24. Then we have somebody named C Day, C E E D A Y, one word. Interesting. Then I have a 14 year old kid on YouTube called David Family Fun Pack. That's one last name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lacey, I know. Maybe you'll get to write his, his yeah, his ghost write his biography someday. And then we have, this sounds like, like something that crawls. Uh, we have a 22 year old whose name is Diamond Mamba. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like something. Anyway, so let's do a couple of national holidays and then we'll do some more about creativity from the statements you send me. Today is Monday, the 16th of May. It is National Piercing Day. I'm proud to say I had my ears pierced when I was 12 and I fainted when the doctor, my dad was an MD and he took me to a doctor friend. And when they put the little needle or whatever in my ear, I passed out cold on the floor because I didn't like that kind of thing, but I wanted my ears pierced. Does anybody have any other piercings they would uh, admit to on the show? This is not None. a tell-all. No, Lacey's looking at me like, you serious, lady? You didn't tell me you were going to ask me that on radio. Get out of here. Sorry. Wait, all- I, 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 should I mention my Prince Arthur? I'm Go kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's also National Mimosa Day. While you're having your piercing, you can have a mimosa. It's Love a Tree Day, not a hug day. It's National Barbecue Day. It's National Coquille Saint-Jacques Day. Anybody remember what a Coquille Saint-Jacques is? Scallops. With buttercream, mushrooms, and cheese. Doesn't that sound very, very heavy and full of carbs and wonderful stuff? It's also bike to work week. That's how you work off the calories from the coquille, coquille snails. Coquille Saint-Jacques, but it's scallops. It's not sales. Tomorrow's Tuesday. It's pack rat day. Anybody a pack rat? Admit it. Admittedly a hoarder. Pack rat. Mahesh, are you a pack rat? No, not at all. You're pretty good about keeping things? You know, when I moved from New York to California to like one room in somebody's house. I just got really used to not having too much stuff. There you go. So I get rid of stuff. You did. I've got to do that. I think I'm going to move this year. So I'm going to have to look at moving. Ethan, what about you? Pack rat? Uh, I have those tendencies, but I've been pretty good. I've been trying. I've gotten rid of over 200 books in the last two years. 
Um, what did you do with them? How did you get rid of them? I away? gave some of my, a lot of them I just gave away. Some of them I shipped to a used book dealer and other stuff I've gotten rid of and thrown out a lot of stuff and just uh, in general trying to clean more stuff. And I'm, I've been very resistant to bringing new stuff into my apartment because I've come to realize everything new I bring into my apartment is a claim on my future time. Oh, that's Marie Kondo would appreciate that very much, right? Lacey, what about you? Pack Rod, are you pretty good at keeping things cleaned out? Oh, um, did you hear the sigh? Go ahead, Lacey. No, well, no, no. Um, mine is organized chaos. I have to know where everything is. Everything has to be within arm's reach, all that. So I'm organized chaos. I like that. You see these these headphones here? My daughter gave me these to wear on a plane when I used to fly once in a while. And she said, Mom, you'll appreciate these instead of the headset that the airlines give you, that plastic piece of you know right. what. And I put these away. I think I only flew a couple times after. These were in a little zipper case, and they were in one of the drawers in my dresser in my bedroom. I have since moved from New York to Durham, and I put them in with a whole bunch of stuff, scarves, jewelry, whatever. When I knew I was going to be using a microphone, a professional mic, and I needed to have my audio off in my office so you all don't hear a feedback loop, mm -hmm. I knew exactly, Lacey. I went to that drawer in that dresser, put my hand into that pile of scarves, found See? the little zipper case and exactly where these were. They were there. We're there, Radio Red. We are there. We, we are there. I knew I liked you. Yes, you'll, 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 I'll, you'll ghost write me and I'll, I write a parody of you one of these days. We will. It's also <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. I love it. I love it. Me too. Tuesday is Cherry Cobbler Day. Go out and knock yourself out with a cherry cobbler. Wednesday is Cheese Souffle Day. It's No Dirty Dishes Day. I won't ask you if you leave dirty dishes in the sink. I don't. And it's Visit Your Relatives Day, which has a lot of implications for A, do you have relatives who want to be visited? B, is it real or is it virtual? And C, do you want to visit them at all? So we'll leave that one alone. Thursday is National Devil's Food Cake Day. And that's a contrast with Angel Food Cake. The light, the dark, the devil, the angel. Mahesh, you get that, right? You, you, I get it. You get and I Ethan? love them both. <laughs> I do too. Ethan, you read it, you remember? Oh, sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. Angel food cake used to put strawberries and frosting. Yeah, I know. Um, it's also Barber Mental Health Awareness Day. Does anybody go to a barber anymore? At least I go to you a and woman, I'll stay out of it. Woman who's a barber. Oh, you do, did she call herself a barber or a barber barberette? Yeah, she calls herself a stylist, but you know, she does this thing. It's so great. It's very cheap uh, haircut. And she gives you a massage on your shoulders after the haircut. Isn't that beautiful? She, she's a, did they serve you? Do they serve you wine too? Do they offer wine? No, no, no. It's just, it's like a, it's, <clears throat> I, I went for a haircut with her once because a friend was going and I desperately needed a haircut and I could not make myself go get a haircut. And her haircut was so good that I've been with her for five or six years. There you go. So national mental health, we'll call it Barbara instead of, Barbara will call it Stylist Mental Health Awareness Day. Are they well enough to pick up the scissors and put them on your head? Ethan, any comments about stylists? I use a stylist. I've, I've gone to a the same stylist for years. In fact, I've been in this city I live in for about 30, almost 33 years. No, almost 34 years. And I've only two people have cut my hair. Wow. That's loyalty. And that's, you, you must make sure you're aware of their mental health that you still let them cut your hair, right? Absolutely. I don't want to end up with a character like on Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lacey, any comments about loyalty to mentally healthful barbers or stylists? Um, you I don't have to. 
I, I think I think there should be. I mean, as, as to anyone who, you know, who provides, I mean, that's like a pretty intimate service, you know. It is. It is. There, I, there I, should be loyalty. I found out that one of my former stylists does pole dancing in her spare time. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Let's not go there. Okay. But she's very <laughs> mentally healthy and very physically fit because she showed me a video. Oh. <gasps> Okay, uh, it's also May Ray Day, which means the sun is shining. Friday is Rescue Dog Day. It's Quiche Lorraine Day. It's Pizza Party Day. I think that's an either or. You're either going to have the Quiche Lorraine or the Pizza Party. I don't think they go together. That's a tummy ache. Although you could have a lot of friends over you say you're either on the Quiche side or the Pizza side. It's also National Pick Strawberries Day, and it is Cher's birthday on Friday. Does anybody know what her real name is? Anybody remember? Ethan, you yes. might remember. Uh, I'm not sure of her whole first name. I think her last name is Sarkeesian. Yes, and her first name is Sherry Lynn, C-H-E-R-I-L-Y-N. Therefore, Cher is the first four letters. Very good. She was born 1946. Saturday is World Whiskey Day. Drop one down. It's Learn to Swim Day. Don't have the whiskey before you go to Learn to Swim, please. That's a caution. And it's Talk Like Yoda Day. Talk Like Yoda Day. We'll leave that one alone. Sunday is World Paloma Day. And Paloma Day has nothing to do with Paloma Picasso, the talented designer. It was created by a tequila brand in 2019. And it's the supposed to be the national drink of Mexico. Grapefruit soda, tequila, and lime is a Paloma. Did anybody know that? No. I didn't either. I have this crazy calendar. It's also Solitaire Day. I play free sale. It's Vanilla Pudding Day, and it's Buy a Musical Instrument Day. Do you know they they now make a digital guitar for under $800 called the Lava, L-A-V-A. I found it online, and it has a couple of different buttons you push, which will give you backing tracks and give you tempos, and you can basically record and compose music right on this silly thing. It comes with its own charger. Wow. And, of course, you can go up to the high-level pro levels, which will be a couple of big notes that you will drop on that. Uh, and I have to announce the holidays for next Monday because I won't be on the air till 7 p.m. National Lucky Penny Day. Okay, truth be told, you see a penny on the street, do you bend over and pick it up at all? And if you do, do you decide if it's heads up or heads down, whether you're going to take it? Mahesh, yes or no, and do you look at what, what side is up? No. No, okay. Ethan? No. Lacey? Not in <laughs> years, no. If I see a penny, I look before I, I look. I look to see if it's heads up, I leave it there because I want somebody else to get the good luck. Uh-uh. If it sails, I think I turn it over and make it into heads for somebody. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a do-gooder at heart. It's also World Turtle Day. I don't know whether that's a metaphor for, okay, she got to the project when she was ready like a turtle. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go through some of the creativity statements. we got about nine minutes left. I'm looking at, Ethan, Ethan, may I just read a couple of collections of some of the people in your book, or would you uh, not want me go, to? No, go right ahead. Okay. Um, Microsoft... Co-founder Paul Allen collected and restored vintage computers that are on exhibit to the public at the Living Computer Museum in Seattle, Washington. Netscape co-founder James Clark's collection is European wines. He has over between 18,000 and 30,000, I know, Lacey bottles. Uh, Bill Koch, K-O-C-H, Koch, once had 43,000 bottles of wine in his collection before he auctioned off 20,000 bottles at Sotheby's in 2016, and the auction fetched $21.9 million over a grand per 
bottle. And Leonard Lauder, who you know, Estee Lauder, his mother founded the company, he built a collection of over 125,000 vintage postcards from the 1898 era to 1940, before a lot of people had phones, so they used postcards for communication. These were fashion, sports, war, advertising, celebrities, industrial topics, and history. And one more, uh, billionaires George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, all both alive and well, they're friends and filmmakers, they collect Norman Rockwell paintings. And 57 of the works they owned in 2010 were featured at an exhibition at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Thank you for that, Ethan. I appreciate your allowing me to read that. I think your research must be absolutely fascinating. The things... Uh, well, it's been, it's been very interesting. I've learned a lot and, uh, you know, it's it's very interesting and occasionally I've had a, a couple times I've met, met them in person and been able to ask them a question or two, usually at a book talk, but uh, it's it's interesting. Very nice. And because you call it trivia, this is stuff that people wouldn't walk up normally and say, hey, I saw there is just sold 125,000 postcards. It's something that would show you did your homework. So I assume that's a door opener for you. Uh, yes, I, 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 I do my work and I, I re, I've been reading, you know, books, articles, you know, all, all going all over the place looking for information. And uh, so and I, I because, of, you know, most Americans don't know that many billionaires uh, names off the top of their head. So because of that, uh, the, the book will not be a question and answer format. It'll be a, you know, kind of compilation of facts because a lot of the billionaires are more obscure and just are not well known to the public. And, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the way they prefer it. They just, you know, they don't need, they don't, they're not, they're not obsessed with publicity seekers like some billionaires we've, uh, we're all aware of. Yes, we are. And I like the way you will tell the story of such and such collected this or did this or grew up here. And then you say how in the last sentence of the short paragraph, you say how they made their fortune. So it's not, hey, he did this and he did that. It's this interesting person. And by the way, this is, I, I like the order in which you put it, Ethan. I'm a fan of how you're writing this, just so you know. Let's okay, go to, you. you're welcome. Thank you. Lacey, statement number one, I'm going to read it. I love the way you put this. You say creativity is you, warts and all, flawlessly. Take about, no, 60 seconds. Interpret this for me. Lacey, go ahead. Well, you know, the truth is going to come out. So it's best that you hear it from me. It's best that you get it from me because that's my only guarantee that you're going to get the truth. So, yeah, warts and all, flawlessly. Even when you, when you mess up, do it the best you can. Okay, thank you very much. And this is the the real us, right? I'm I'm writing a scathingly sarcastic novella, and I can't use my real name because people will literally run me out of town or run me down or try to kill me or sue me. And the opening of the book says something like, if you think anything in this book, a person, a personality, a handbag, a car, a dress, a perfume, a car reminds you of somebody in real life, it's because it does. And the title of the book is You Big Dummy. Let's just leave that one alone. Oops, I gave too much information away. I love it. Thank you very much. I might send you a copy. I'm up to about 20,000 words, and it's a work in progress, and I do a little bit of time. Ethan, a lot of research is going into this book on what people are supposedly wearing, their wallets, their handbags, their shoes, their styles, a lot of research, having a blast with it. Let's go to a statement from Ethan here. Ethan says, I enjoy my creativity looking for things that are different, unique, unusual, or obscure. How does this affect your creativity? Ethan, go. Ethan, unmute, darling. 
There you go. Sorry. Yeah. I just enjoy finding things that are different. You know, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not different, everyone already knows about it usually. Does it make sense? And, you know, for example, this tie, this tie I have, I put a, you know, it's a Monopoly tie. And I, I was, you know, I like to find something a little different. And even they put on a little house. I don't know how they do this. They attach a little Monopoly house at the bottom. And I was so happy when I found the store selling this because I was walking down the major shopping street of the city, like the guidebook told me to do. And all I saw were chain stores. And then walking to this restaurant I'd chosen for dinner, I stumbled across this, this very unique store and I was able to get this unique tie. So I was very happy with that. And it just said, gee, I, I look for something, you know, I don't, not every article of clothing has to be unique. I mean, jeans, you know, are basic, but if it's, if I can wear something a little different that that looks different and nobody else has, I, I you know, or just be a little different. I like that. Thank you. And hold up that tie one more time. I've got you on full screen there. I want everybody to see it. Okay. We're behind by about 60 seconds on Facebook. So there it will go. Thank you very much. And let me get one statement here. We got three minutes left. Mahesh, I'm looking at statement number three. Take about ooh, 60 seconds. All I got. You can't be anxious and creative at the same time time. Creativity uses parts of your brain that tell the regions that send you anxiety symptoms that you are okay. Mahesh, explain for a minute, please. Very interesting. Well, well, here's the thing. The amygdala, which actually just is a Greek word for almond. So here's your science of, of but the fight, fear, or free, fight, flight, or freeze place in the brain. Uh, as soon as you start using the modern regions of the brain, which you use for creativity, it sends a signal to you, to the amygdala or the cave brain or the lizard brain that you are okay. So that's why in my One Minute Anxiety Solutions ebook, uh, which uh, is at anxiety123.com, you get to, you have all these exercises to use your imagination and it lowers your anxiety in a minute. Love it. Thank you. And I was going to ask for your website, anxiety123.com. Lacey, where do you want people to go? Alinterpretations.net. That's one word, the letter A, the letter L, interpretations.net. Ethan, you don't have a website yet? or Ethan, unmute real fast. I do have a website, but it's not up yet. I have the URL reserved and it's billionairetrivia.com. Okay. And I'm also on Twitter at, bill, at billion trivia. Billion Trivia. Thank you very much. I want to thank the three of you. Please stick around. We can talk for a few minutes afterwards. I've got one minute to close. So I want to do my standard closing. Again, thank you to Josh, my engineer. Josh, it's a pleasure working with you. I'm glad you're on board on Mondays. And a shout out to the three of you. Ethan, Lacey, Mahesh, I'm going around the table counterclockwise here. I appreciate all of you. I respect all of you. I'm very grateful that you shared the past hour with me and with my listeners. And let me do my quick closing. I'm going to do it in speed talk here. Life is short. Break the rules, right, Lacey? Forgive quickly. Kiss Amen. slowly, right? Everybody agree with that one? Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> And never, ever regret, she got it, never regret anything that made you smile. Final words, work like you don't need the money because nobody really cares if you do. Just get the job done, get the money and live your life. Dance like nobody's watching, but they all watch when I dance. Sing like nobody's listening and nobody listens when I sing. Love like you've never been hurt because Mahesh, damn, we've all been hurt. And damn, we got to move on and let the heart grow and regenerate. You can love again. Final words, money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. Don't go goodbye. Bye, Facebook. Bye, Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.